If I, for example, in, in Abraham class and I say, Mr. Prater, I want you to pay attention. Someone would say, whenever I underline something, that's going to be on the test, et cetera. <laughs> anyway, the point is, after I got that lesson, I got straight A's, finished at the top of my class. So I flunked out and went all the way up to the top of my class by just that one thing, which later on, I kind of crashed the universe and called that the vital few. Welcome to the Innovative Founder, the show where entrepreneurs get real. real. These are the raw, the gut-wrenching, often hilarious, sometimes shocking, and definitely entertaining stories of innovative business founders who are making their beautiful dent in the world. No BS, no posturing, and no narcissists allowed. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the unscripted adventures on today's episode. Now, here's your hairless hosts, Bob Rignaris and Brandon Boyd. Hey, hey, welcome to the show, founders. What's we are back. There? We are every here. single every single week we show up. I know. Isn't that what great? What are we doing? This is awesome. We're, well, it's really great. Amazing guests. We're having fun. Everybody is so interested in what's going on in our lives. It's amazing. Like you know, they're, they're tuning into your coaching and, and just to hear what latest hobby Brandon has. Yeah. I know that's why people are attending. Well, and I think we need to My celebrate delusion. a little bit too. We, uh, we, we reached, we, we've reached a status of being a top 10% podcast in the wow. world out of, Amazing. out of 2.8 million podcasts. And so only 20 or so episodes in to have that happen is really just thank you to you all. Yes. Thank you for downloading and listening um, we, we are humbled by it. We, we love our guests. Uh, mm -hmm. Brandon and I are just, we're, we're empaths. If you haven't figured that out, like we feel things and we just love hearing people's stories yeah. and, uh, we're, we're just going to find interesting people to share with you because we want to know them. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know? And, 100%. uh, and you know, if, if you all, not all, that would be too many. No. But if some of you are connected to people that you think are a good fit for the show, feel free to reach out to us. Mm -hmm. um, you know, kind of let us know. Hit hit us up at feedstories.com. Uh, if you have somebody that's really interesting. Now, we have a, 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 a kind of a long waiting list, but, you know, we're willing to pu pu push people up the list if they're interesting enough. Right. We can be bribed. I like we can be bribed. Bourbon, yeah. bourbon whiskey, yep. wine. Yeah barbecue which right. we'll talk about with our guests in a minute yep. um but yeah seriously it, it's really about it's not about us we we didn't start the show for it to be about us right. number one uh we started it to be about our guests and 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 sharing interesting people with the world so we 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 have this notion that uh when you when you do good things good things come back to you and so we're we're doing this as a service to the world and uh i think our guests have just been top notch and thank you all for your for your listening and for your feedback and your reviews. And that's all made that possible. So thank you all today. Thank you. And we really, we really should, Brandon, have some sound effects. Like we gotta, we, we gotta do. step up in, in, in 2023. We need to step up our game. I think we need like a okay. sound effect machine. Yeah. 
like we've got to add all that and i got a, right. i got i got a friend that's really good at getting that so like that's that's on my list to do right. so looking forward to having some sound effects and things like that coming we're gonna up. spice this up little folks we want to yeah. keep you in the edge of your seat so all types of different sound effects from yeah we um, noises to yeah 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 we'll step up our game if you all promise to step up your game too how's that sound <laughs> good Monkeys. well hey we're we, we had a really good chat with uh an experienced individual that's that's how we that's how we say good way to put things it. right um yeah. but uh some really cool stories uh about how uh our, our our guest bill prater got kicked out of college and negotiated his way back in was a really funny story, but just a lot of wisdom that he shared and some things that I think are really applicable um, to to really help you in your entrepreneurial career. And uh, uh, we'll make sure to make you uh, aware of some resources and things that Bill has available. But I think, Brandon, people are going to enjoy this uh, interview with Bill, don't you think? Absolutely. But what a tremendously knowledgeable man and got some great stories and uh, he's a fan of wine and barbecue so that's a big plus in his arena and he's oh, it's a, no it's a big plus in our arena our arena yeah 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 <laughs> and, yeah and, and he's hairless so he's part of the club of, yeah uh, so unfortunately you don't you don't get to enjoy the baldness unless you look at some of the video clips but uh right right um you know just imagine three bald guys talking and uh right. And 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 enjoying uh, stories about wine and barbecue, <laughs> uh, but with that, we want to uh, welcome aboard our guest today, Mr. Bill Prater. Hello, founders! Hello, welcome, founders. welcome back to the show. We have welcome. a we have a podcasting pro on today, yes, we so we we have to be on our best behavior, Brandon. Do we? <laughs> have you met me? There is no. There is no best behavior. <laughs> there is behavior. So Bill oh, Prater, behavior. Bill Prater, welcome to the show. Great to be here, guys. Yeah, so uh, we were kind of joking before we got on. We all have the same hairstyle, and right. by that we mean none. Right. Um, so if you hear any, uh, you know, that's us kind of just, you know, that's that's our thing, and uh, we might refer back to it. But uh, we're we're all in good company today for sure. Yes, indeed, including the people listening to us. Yeah, yeah, Absolutely. and you and if you have hair, you're welcome to listen in. But right, if you don't, you, if right. you don't have hair, it would be especially uh, just really enriched today. So, right. well, Bill, it's good to talk. Thanks for having me on your podcast. We were really excited to have you on. Uh, wealth of experience and stories, I'm sure. We can't wait to dig into some of those. But uh, we'd love to just hear from you, Bill. Uh, personal life, business life. What has got you really excited right now? What's going on that you'd like to share with us? So what's really got me excited is the end of 2022 and the beginning of 2023 to me, frankly. Yeah, yeah. Why is that? All right. Well, it's it's uh, it's just uh, I guess getting out of the long, slow economics mm. and moving into unfortunately even slower ones coming up next year. And the reason I say that, people think I'm nuts when I say stuff like that, but out of these kinds of times emerge the. Uh, if you're the true titans come out of the out of the uh, if you're the vastness and get to the top pretty quickly all right so you, you put your prognosticator hot head on a little bit talk talk a little bit about what you mean longer and slower economics what what do you mean by that so uh i'll i'll use an analogy it, it works it, it works just listening so i think what most business owners have going on is a uh, an industry or a niche that they're part of. And so most industries and niches have their own uh, 
built-in economics. For example, if you have a restaurant, you don't have to struggle and fight and figure out how much should you charge for your spaghettis and meatballs. <laughs> the the yeah. market, it pretty well dictates that sort of stuff. You don't have to struggle and fight and worry about how much your food supplier is going to charge for noodles. <laughs> yeah, it's all been long established. So in in good time, what I mean by that is in good times, everybody looks out their windows and they see a lake and it's so pretty and there's the swans and the ducks are out there and they have no idea what's kind of under the surface. So as things get harder and tougher, those that are willing to get on their mask and their flippers and dive into the water can see that there's all kinds of derelict cars and sunken logs and all that. And all of us have those things going on in our business. During harder economic times, the people that have already looked under the water and have already been dealing with the car carcasses and the like, those people are all ready for a slow economics. And, and, and the ones that were just kind of riding the tide fall by the wayside. Hmm. Uh, so there you go. Interesting. A little story to go with my podcast. Yeah. So, was so there, what, go ahead, B. I was just going to ask, was there a story around that that really confirmed that for you? Was there an observation you made uh, about a company or your own personal experience that that became truth to you? Well, yeah. Well, there's there's many. The answer, yes, is yeah. there's too many of, many of those. Is there one? In my own personal experience, yeah. uh, I had a, an investment banking firm. So I owned it. Uh, we had, it was small. We had about 150 employees, uh, most of which were in Wall Street, right down on Wall Street. Hmm. Uh, different day, different story. I'll, I'll, I'll talk about what building they happen, we happen to be in, but you can probably guess what building we were in. But uh, what, I decided that, that I didn't like the business anymore. I wanted to sell it. And when I tried to sell it, I, I found out that uh, my company was ordinary. There, there was no reason in the world somebody would be attracted to it. It was just We were just an ordinary company raising money for small businesses. And I was lucky in that a, uh, a colleague of mine, actually a, a competitor of sorts, she told me that I needed to stop emulating the industry practices and instead start emulating those that were at the absolute pinnacle of their individual niches, in my case, mm -hmm. investment banking. It's, excuse me. <clears throat> so I learned early on, so this was in the, in the 90s, I learned that doing what the rest of the people are doing is a path to failure. There, there's a reason they use words like industry norms. If you're in the video production industry, there's the norms. Yeah. Well, the norm, the word norm, if you look up, means normal, also known as ordinary. And the word standards mm. means just that. It's like the the tachometer says the standard RPMs is thirty five hundred, but there's no fun at thirty five hundred. Mm. No, Makes it's sense? slow. Yeah, that that's yeah. Too slow. <laughs> well, so, yeah, it's and and so uh, uh, what happens is those that don't know what what we're now talking about, 
don't have elite companies. They're not at the pinnacle. They're not in the top one or two percent. And an economic and bad economic times will unfortunately point that out and they'll wither up and die. You know, I happened to learn it during decent times, thank goodness. And I was able to sell my company after I started, if you will, uh, emulating what the what the super performers did. So it didn't really become real to you until you decided to sell. And then you realized, oh, my goodness, I, I, I'm missing something here in plain sight. So what, yes, that's, what exactly, did, that's a very good way to say it, Bob. Yeah. So in other words, instead of actually, uh, so I, if, I sold my business in 1999. Oh, okay. You're right. So that was an interesting time to sell a business. business. In 1999, super crashed and burned over the next year or so. Right? Wow. The big yeah. dot com bubble burst. Yeah. Who would have known, huh? Mm. Now, mm. what what did you do? So you got the sage advice and, uh, and obviously you followed it. What what did you do to turn your company from a normal or or you call it your modeling kind of mediocrity? Uh, what did you do specifically in your business to help make it stand out? Well, the good. Well, so first, I was in investment banking, meaning okay. meaning that I was a banker who who had raised money for all sorts of companies in different industries. Okay. So I had a I had an opportunity to see all sorts of different companies. So when I got this lesson from Sarah, uh, or I should say observation, uh, and to emulate what the best players would do, I thought in my mind. She means investment bankers. So I called her up and said, okay, so how do I get my competitors to tell me, you know, how to be a superstar in investment banking? And she said, you don't have a prayer. You're not going to find it. <laughs> she said, but, but the truth is, and, and the good luck to you is, it's exactly the same formula in every single industry. Interesting. Exactly the same formula in every single industry. And I go, wow, which means that if I can figure it out, then I'll be able not only to help my own business go from mediocrity to preeminence, I'll be able to help my, if you will, the companies I've invested in. And the reason I wanted to sell is I was scared to death. I wasn't going to get my money back. We had, mm. we had a lot of money invested. And so I thought, wow, maybe I, if I can figure that out, it'll be, it'll be really excellent. So then I had the green light to start looking at industry to industry, industry and see what is this, what, what is it, if anything, that's exactly the same niche to niche to niche to niche that I can emulate. Mm. In, you know, in our show notes, we've, you know, and I'm, I'm hearing it here, and I wanted you to talk about it a little bit. Is uh, is one of the biggest tenets or keys is rejecting the best practices of a given industry, and, and right. I'm hearing this contrarian. Um, and I also, again, in our notes, is just that there's these myths that you talk about. There's these three big myths. Can you talk about that and how it applies to what you were learning in this instant? So, okay. So be a, be a wonderful host to me. <laughs> and, remind and remind you me. what the myths are. Yes, no, I won't, uh, I won't do it. Um, you well, want no, to do it. Okay. <laughs> no, no. So, no, I think, 
and I, there we count myth one number one you have working harder and longer produces better and better results right. we know that's a that's a big yeah. big one right now number two hire and retain the best and the brightest and let them do their job which I'm, I'm curious to know about your perspective on that and three all businesses are uniquely different and must be managed accordingly all right so so the, so the third one is the one we were just touching yeah is that all yeah. businesses are different now in your business as you well know at what I call the front lines. In other words, if you go into the production facilities, you're entirely different than somebody that's packing fruit. Mm -hmm. So at that point, yes, everything is different, industry to industry, company to company, the front line. And people get confused uh, about thinking about their front line being different. Uh, But as you get higher and higher up, then other things have greater priority. In your guys's case, as a for example, your partners. I had a partner in my investment bank. Much more important than raising money was our uh, our uh, marriage counseling between each other to, <laughs> to make sure that we could uh, work together. Yeah. And you guys, I know that I never asked either of you that question, but I just know that relationships are are uniquely different, but can be solved in pretty much the same way, like talking things out, being transparent, making sure you don't hold secrets back and things like that. Those are common solutions, relationship to relationship to relationship. Same thing in businesses. So it is true. All businesses are uniquely different. But what I found is if you're trying to get your business into some position of preeminence, or market domination, or number one in the world, or number one in your neighborhood. If you're trying to get that spot, then the things you need to do are entirely different than everybody else that isn't in that spot. That's kind of, it it, it makes sense when I say it that way, because if everybody is doing the same thing and they're all average, Mm -hmm. well, then you don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. Do Find out what the ones at the top do and, and emulate that. And we'll touch reminds- on what those are in a moment, but but that's myth number one: is getting seduced by your industry. If you go to a if you go to a trade show, industry specific trade show, you know, if you think about it, you're going there's 500 people there. If you do a bell curve, 85 90 percent of those are ordinary companies. Yeah. Several are out and out worthless. And there's a few at the very top. And, and I imagine if you guys go to one of something like that, you're going to gravitate towards those that, that are dominating the market, right? Yeah. You just go there because you're kindred spirits, if you will. Mm. It reminds me, Bill, of the uh, Apple or Macintosh Super Bowl ad. You remember that, that yeah. famous ad where... You know, everybody's kind of sitting in a dark room and they're just kind of chanting. And they're all kind of in this trance. And then, you know, the the runner comes running up the aisle with a hammer and smashes the the, the big television screen. Um, you know, that's kind of what you're talking about is an industry is just kind of going along, humming along and just buying into the myth. You know, they're just they're just kind of and then somebody comes along and absolutely shatters it. And right. um, that's right. that's right. what you're talking about in terms of preeminence right. is right. you are. Right. Right. You you are smashing the industry norms in that in that marketplace and 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 position your company in such a way that you can't even be thought of 
in the same breath as other companies in that industry. Right. And then, and, and so I often will give workshops and so forth to, to, to people and I'll use as examples, for example, Steve Jobs. Now, yeah. the reason that I would use him, although he's kind of loosely in, you know, the company is loosely in the computer industry. Everybody thought he was a kook. First yeah. off, why in the world? What would ever enter somebody's mind to go compete with a behemoth like IBM? It's, yeah. it's total insanity. And what he did is, if you will, smash the big screen. What in the world would ever possess Oprah for thinking she could ever be a success in, 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 uh, in broadcasting? What did she do? Completely did it differently than everybody else. She positioned herself as somebody that didn't, wasn't trying to be the star. She was trying to bring stars on their show. You, mm -hmm. you think about somebody like Richard Branson, who in their right mind would ever go into the airline industry? It's just <laughs> insane. But yet, those are three examples. There are many, many more. Elon Musk, why in the world, how could you conceive of competing against Ford and Toyota and Honda? I mean, it's insanity. Mm -hmm. And who's the richest man in the world? In fact, the people we just mentioned are fairly well off. <laughs> None of them did what was expected. None of them emulated the industry norms. Hey, founders, we would love for you to avail yourself of some resources that our guest today, Bill Prater's made available. Um, he is the founder over at scaleology.guru, which is a great URL, scaleology.guru. Uh, but he's got some resources available to us for free. Uh, getbillsgift.com, another great URL, getbillsgift.com. There is a free workshop there that helps you understand how to get a day's worth of work done in one hour. What? Are you kidding me? A day's right. worth of work in one hour? Um, I want to make sure to get a hold of that. So get that at getbillsgift.com. Back to the show. You're listening to The Innovative Founder. Now, back to your hosts, Bob Rickneris and Brandon Boyd. I'd like to hear a little bit more about myth number two, if you don't mind. And, sure. and because I, we've definitely dispelled, uh, you know, one and three, but there is a narrative out there that I'm curious your perspective on is just hire and retain the best and the brightest and let them do their job. You know, I've, you know, I've heard another variation of that was, you know, you hire the best people and you, you don't tell them what do you do. You have them tell you what to do. So what's your perspective on that as far as it being? Yes, a myth? exactly. So the reason these are myths is because they're widely shared by people. Sure. And they, you know, they become, so that's, that's why they're a myth. So yeah. why, oh, why, why is that the wrong practice? Well, so uh, I, I can use illustrate a great illustration. I've used several, a bunch of them, but let's talk about track and field, just to pick one. Track and field uh, has, uh, uh, they're fantastic at demonstrating the best, i.e. you got, uh, for example, the Olympic Games, and then you have a 100-yard dash, and the fastest woman wins the race. Boom. Uh, Alex and Felix is a good example. So wins the race, fastest. Uh, clearly the best and the brightest. On the other hand, let's have a relay. Most of our or companies operate like relays, and I'll explain why they do in a few seconds. But in track and field, in a relay, that's different <laughs> entirely than right. being all by yourself trying to win the 100-yard dash. Now we've got four women running a 100-yard dash 
one after the other. And there's a key component. And the key component is handing the baton to the next person. Hmm. So believe me when I say the way to win the re relay is not to get the four fastest women and expect them to do it. What you need to do is to get four women who can play well together. Somebody agrees to run first and make the first handoff. The second person agrees to take that handoff and get it successfully in the hands of the third person, et cetera, until you win. Well, true story is that in uh, 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 Alex and Felix running first, got to the second woman and dropped the baton. Ooh. That'd be kind of like, I expected you to deliver the edit on the video. Oh, I didn't get time to deliver the thing because I didn't know it was a big deal. Or whatever in the world, somebody that's the best says. You need to, instead of having the best and the brightest, do whatever in hell they want to, which is a great recipe for chaos, <laughs> and instead have people agree, you can hold me accountable Number one. And number two, when I commit to something, I'll deliver. So back to relay. I commit to hand the baton to you 10 seconds after I get it. Hmm. The second person, believing that in her mind, will take off like a bat out of hell, knowing that she'll get that baton. In an ordinary company, what happens? Woman number two waits to see if person number one shows up, and if she does, she goes, oh, my God, you're actually here. You actually completed what was expected. <laughs> That's so odd and unusual. Now, look, I'm being dramatic, but the truth is 95% of the businesses operate in that crazy cluster F fashion. <laughs> They're completely idiotic in the way they behave. And I don't care how good their people are. In fact, I prefer people that say, you know what? I don't know how the hell to do this. Would somebody tell me? And oh. then they say, okay, I got it. I'll deliver. So what you need is to interchange this idea of hiring the best and the brightest and say instead, hi, welcome to our company or before you hire them. We have a certain culture around here and here's our culture. We do things in the following way. And if you feel like you can fit in that culture, welcome. We're going to hold you accountable on a month-to-month, -month, week to week, day-to-day -day basis to make sure you do that. And if you do, you'll be lavishly rewarded. So when you go look at the elite companies, they all, 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 not some, all have a culture of accountability. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like that accountability is um, it's not just by the head guy, the manager, the one up. Above, it sounds like it's it's a culture between peers, between right, colleges. right. You're correct. Now you said it's not just no. What it is is absolutely the head guy has to shut her mouth. Hmm. She's only just a player in on the team. And so one of the things I I do is I you know people hire me because they want to you know the reason I'm employed you know one they want to grow like hell, the owners want to make a whole hot load of money. And number three, the owners don't want to work so damn hard. So <laughs> with those three, if you will, goals and objectives, I get a perfect position to do to work my magic. 
which is basically, number one, to help them create a strategy for growing, not to do it haphazardly and with the shiny idea of the moment and so forth, but a strategy. Number two, to use a system of management, just like you use a system of video production or a system of, of, of harvesting apples. It's a system of management, which is the higher level than harvesting the apples. And number three, to having uh, to producing a high performance team, which is a culture of accountability. And so what it is, I call it authentic accountability, which is simply, I'll give my word and you can count on me to keep it. And number two, I expect you to hold me accountable for doing what I say. So that's that's really what it is. And what that does is once the owner sees that behavior happening, then you can go, wow, I guess they don't need me here. <laughs> and then that's a fantastic uh, uh, deal. I call that graduation ceremony. It's called uh, now you've graduated to simply making the coffee from time to time. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and, and how big does a company got to get before that becomes a reality, Bill? Well, uh, so that's that's a great point because there's three, really three components there. Component one is a, a growth strategy. You can be any time to have a solid strategy for growth. Number two is to have a system of management. You don't have to be a certain size to have a system of management. Number three is a little harder. So if, if you have a little teeny company, a lot of people think they don't have a, a team at all, but you do. You've got suppliers and vendors and people like that that you can include in your culture of accountability. You can simply say to a vendor, for example, yeah, I'm, 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 I like your price, but really what I need from you is if you tell me you're going to do something, I need you to do it. Yeah. And if you're able to deliver, oh, well, you can, I can negotiate a price. I'm not going to buy because you're the lowest price vendor, though. So that's the three. So the answer is, for me, to be interested in helping a company, Bob, I need to have, I need to see four or five employees, better four or five managers. So if okay. I've got a team of managers, then I can get fantastic leverage because then you think about these little culture, little relay teams. So think about the marketing team and the sales team and the production team and the finance team. So I can have like a hierarchy of accountability teams. I call these strategic execution teams or set teams. Nice. Love mm -hmm. it. You're welcome. So for, what do you need? Do you need to have a strategy? Number two, you have to have an execution system. And number three, you need a team. You need those three pieces and you can, can hum. So uh, uh, I've been doing this since 19, well, actually 1997 when I started my own investment bank. But I've been doing this with hundreds and hundreds of companies. It's ultimately produced billions and billions of dollars of sales and company value. And uh, it's worked in every sort of niche, nothing to do with niches, retail, distribution, software development, SaaS companies, et cetera, et cetera. It all works the same way. I don't do anything differently. People say to me, how in the world, Bill, can you help simultaneously 20 companies at a very high level? I do because the tools I teach them are all the same. The, the numbers in the labels on the various 
vital drivers that I help people set up. They're different, but I can just look at the scorecard for a billion dollar company or a million dollar company, and I'll be up to speed to help them in less than a minute. Mm. Wow. And so I, t- I teach the companies to have the same thing. By, by that, I mean, they get comfortable and be able to go into the meeting, look at the vital driver dashboard, know what in the world's going on, and be prepared to basically fulfill their 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 role. And, and their role is pretty simple. Um, first, um, do I have time for a quick story? Of course. Yes. All right. That's what we so want. I, I learned the concept of, uh, of focusing on the vital few back in college. So back in college, I, I was an entrepreneur. And I loved m- making money and I was pretty good at it. But the trade off was I was a crappy student. So they kicked me out of school. So I flunk out of school. Uh-oh. And uh, I go, oh, geez, that was not good. That was not bright at all. <laughs> so I go, I go to see the dean of men. At, at, at my school, and I say, hey, I, I'd like to get myself back in school. And he says, he said, why in the world would I let a flunk out come back to school when I have all these eager freshmen that are coming in here that they really want to do a good job? <laughs> and that didn't go very well. So so I, I said to this guy, uh, I, let's make a bargain. And he said, okay, what's the bargain? I says, let me into night school. And and uh, and then I'll 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 kind of prove myself. He says, "I'll tell you what, I agree. I'll put you in the night school, and you need to get straight A's. And if you get straight A's, I'll put you back in day school." So I say, "How in the world am I going to get straight A's? I, I'm barely a C student." He says, "I don't know. Ask the professors." I said, "Okay." He said, "Are you listening?" I said, uh, yeah, sort of. He said, well, when I said, ask the professor, I mean that literally. I said, okay. He says, remember, Bill, who would walk up first day of class to the professor and say, how do I get an A? Mm. Mm. And I, I, I said, probably the people that think they might be able to. He said, yeah. And all of a sudden, you're labeled as an A student. So lo and behold, I go up, you're the professor, and I would say, how do I get an A? And they'd all brighten up, and mm. they'd, they'd come into the office, and, 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 and they t- would tell me all sorts of things. Like, for example, they'd say, if I, for example, and, and we're having a class, and I say, Mr. Prater, I want you to pay attention. Some of them would say, whenever I underline something, that's going to be on the test, et cetera. <laughs> anyway, the point is, after I got that lesson, I got straight A's, finished at the top of my class. So I flunked out and went all the way up to the top of my class by just that one thing, which later on, I kind of crashed the universe and called that the vital few. Mm-hmm. So it didn't matter if I was in economics or advanced math or chemistry, whatever in the world I was doing, there was always a professor and they always had their, their, their pen on the, on the, on the, on the grade book, if you will. And what I have to do, ask them how to get an A and they'd tell me every single time, nobody turned me down. So what I did in business then, as I learned that I didn't have to keep track of everything, 
I only had to keep track of a very few things. And in school, it was one. I just had to know how to get an A, know how to get an A and execute that. So in business, I do the same thing. So for, for, for every any business, I can I, I do teach people and hold their hand, by the way. Most of the time I'm I'm like a fractional chairman. Uh, okay. I hold their hand and we we built we run an entire billion dollar business on one piece of paper or if you will one computer screen it's there's typically 12 maybe 15 vital drivers every single company 12 to 15 vital drivers for example maybe a vital driver is revenue maybe a vital driver is gross margin i don't worry about what they are i just f- help people figure out their 10 or 12, and we use that to run the entire business. Hey, everybody, hope you're enjoying the show today. Just want to give a shameless plug for Feed Stories. You know, what Bill is talking about in his philosophy around helping businesses grow and his methodology can really, really be communicated well with video. It's something we're going to be talking to most of our guests about, and it's something that we want to encourage you to do. If you have a complex idea, if you have a philosophy, a theology, a way for people to inject into their businesses, into their lives that can help them, that can solve a problem, we want to encourage you to consider video to do that. You know, a lot of times the written word can be limited, and sometimes people need a visual representation. They need to hear it different ways in order to visualize how something can help them. So we want to encourage you to go to feedstories.com and book some time with us. If you have a solution, a theology, a methodology that can really grow businesses like Bill's uh, methodology is doing, we want to encourage you to consider capturing case studies, capturing testimonials from your best client, as well as capturing a video that explains in very simple terms how that theology can help other people. Now let's get back to the show. You're listening to The Innovative Founder. Now, back to your hosts, Bob Rickneris and Brandon Boyd. Bill, I can't let you off the hook. You, you, what, was, what was the business you were running in college that, that totally distracted you and got you kicked out? What were you doing as a, as a college oh, student? Oh, geez. Oh, that was a great question. So uh, uh, I was in the business of developing lots for houses. So we, uh, my, my little business was a survey, a surveying company, and okay. we did surveys on on raw land, and then I, then I, then I created the design for the lots, and I, uh, and I figured out that the the home builder wanted maximum number of lots, right? Makes sense. Yeah. So I would, would would say to them, "How many lots do you expect out of this piece of property?" And they'd say, "150." And I'd say, "Tell you what." How about you pay me X dollars per lot? Okay, fine. Well, and I thought I was really pulling the wool over their, over their heads when I got 106 or seven lots, no, five or 6% more. And they, of course, loved it because they're going to build a $200,000 house on there. That's what I was doing. So I was a land developer. How did a, you How did you get into that as a college student? Yeah, yeah. So, so here's the story. Are you there? So I grew up in Seattle. It's not as cold as some places in Colorado, but it's it gets it can get cold. So in the summertime, I was working on a land development, a piece of land, and my job. This is this is a while ago. So my job was was tending a burn pile. Can you imagine okay. a big pile of 
of, of, of trees. And my job was to keep that thing going. It was super that, filthy, dirty, terrible. It was awful. But sounds I was kind of fun, though. I know. And then burning stuff. It was burning stuff. One day a land surveyor came up and he asked me if, if, if I could help him because one of his guys quit. So I went to my boss and I said, can I go help the, help uh, uh, Fred? He says, yeah, go help Fred. So I, uh, Fred then convinced me that that's a better job than a, a pile. And then along came uh, start a school. And he said, hey, do you know how to do you know how to uh, draft? Are you can you are you, can, are you a draftsman? So what's my answer? Yes, of course. Yes, of course I am. Yeah. I have no idea what he's I don't know. Yes. I have no clue. I don't know what the word is. So I say yes. 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 There you go. The typical and, entrepreneur uh, response. Can you do this? Yes. Exactly. Sure as I can. Of course what I can in do the hell that's, is that? That's how and I how do this. I learn how to do it? <laughs> exactly. So, but he did teach me and I and I ended up liking it and it was good. And what was particularly good about it uh, is that I was able to basically, if kind of like run your own hours, the drafting part. Serving you had to be at daylight, for example, but you can right. basically do drafting at eleven o'clock, not twelve o'clock at night, for example. And I did, unfortunately. So, so you skipped out on class to go do your surveying during the day, and then you were staying up, not doing homework, but you were you were drunk. I, yeah, I can. I usually went to the classes. I could usually okay. do that, but I I just failed to do the homework. Gotcha. It's interesting. I, I'm I'm actually kind of. It, it kind of startles me that the dean like wanted you back in yeah. um, because he's probably like, you're probably making more money than I am. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I don't th- yeah, I don't think we ever got into that level. He just considered me a flake. I don't know ah. if he ever expected me to actually be able to pull it off. But did later he, on, he did remember. He, I say, he did. did he know you were running a business on the side? No. Oh, OK. Just, I was just a flake. Okay, gotcha. So yeah, he was just he, he was just looking at the result. Not. He didn't understand why you flunked out. No, he thought I was lazy or stupid or cool. something. I, I guess my next question is what what inspired you to go back? I mean, you, you're you're like, hey, you're an entrepreneur. You're making money. You're kind of like, hey, I'll figure things out. Like, why did you want to finish school in the first place? So I, uh, in retrospect, I didn't need to. But why did I at the time? I uh, believed that. It was a, if if you will, a checkbox that I needed to have checked, sure. i.e. Okay. college graduate. And in fact, uh, my my first job that I got a W-2 from was from IBM. And, and IBM did require a college graduate uh, a certificate. Now, okay. I, didn't, I didn't have IBM in my mind, but I knew that if I wanted to get it. And, and in retrospect, I w- w- should have never gone and worked for IBM because they hated it. But you know, and I went back. Wait, to you, you said you hated you hated IBM, or they hated you? Well, okay, so <laughs> so in IBM, I was able to use the same technique that I used in school, and I used as an entrepreneur, and that is figure out what was important, what was vital to my boss, and deliver that. And so I asked my boss, you know, what do I got to do to be number one? And he would tell me, you got to do the following stuff. And I would do that. I would do that. And so I was, uh, uh, I was, for example, IBM had a 100% plug, and meaning that if you make quota every year for 10 years, you'd get 1,000%. Oh. Well, I, 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 got, I got in the 1,000% club in a little, a little over three years. So I was, I was good at being a, a sales rep. And, and, and then I get promotion. And then a promotion. And the more I got promoted, the less 
my personal performance mattered and I didn't like it because now right. I was, I was up in management and, and my, my right. team was looked at and, and I was considered Palo Alto. I was no longer Bill Prater. I was Palo Alto. They weren't trying to disparage me. It's just the way they could keep track of stuff in their brain, Palo Alto versus uh, a central Chicago versus uh, that was your that was your territory, and that became your identity. That's, that's the, and it was it. I, and I and I didn't like it. I didn't like yeah. not being me, if you will. Isn't that just like a company though? They they mm-hmm. take like the highest producer and slap a manager tag onto them. But oh. I mean, it's not oh, it's not always a bad move. But sometimes it's like, wait a minute, oh. you just took your cash cow and put them in a position mm-hmm. where they're 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 basically oh. out of place. Round right. round, you know, square peg, right. round hole. And that's, of course, one of the things that I really encourage my 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 high end clients to do is to make sure they totally understand the goals and dreams of all of their key and people. Yeah. And they know about their family and they know who who, who was uh, just became homecoming queen and and who got a scholarship to X. know all that stuff and be realize that if you employ a 30 people, you really are, have a hundred people you're responsible for. So mm. considering wives and children and things like that. Yeah. That's okay. yeah. That's, that's unusual for a company even to have that sort of mindset. I think it's shifting now. I mean, don't you see that? Yeah. Bill? So, it, it, yeah so one thing I, uh, I encourage uh, first off, I'm going to, I'm trying to build a team for my clients. So one of the things I encourage is what I call employee of the month. Now you got to be big enough so that it's meaningful. If you get three people, that's not going to work. But yeah, yeah, company, Brandon and I can't. We we just hand it off. We hand the plaque right. back and forth every month. We just yeah, there you it go. every month. I you know I <laughs> rarely you get there you go. the month. It's like Bob, that's me today. Mm, great. Yeah, Thanks, yeah. But Thanks, in a larger Thomas. company, it's pretty effective. And here's why. Yeah. So what we what I do is is we would every month we'd have this set meeting, and the managers would come in, and nominate an employee of the month, and then out of that. We'd pick one. Let's say there's seven, seven managers, pick one every month. Now they go back to their their departments, hat in hand, right? Because their department person didn't make it. Mm. And the department didn't like that very much. Mm. So what I say to people is, look, you've got to convert yourself into a salesperson. You've got to convince the other managers your guy is best. So you came in and said, Sarah, and they don't know who the hell Sarah is even. And you're trying to, to have them, her nominated. If I were you, I'd do something better, like a slideshow, a little video. Uh, wow. Bring in dancing girls. Do something. you got to convince these people. So what happens is just that simple thing, guys and listeners, elevates everybody's game. In other words, you've got to be, you, the manager, you've got to represent your entire team in a good light in the in the executive meeting and if and and then they expect their person to be the employee of the month and so what happens is everybody's game goes up they get more skillful they can communicate better etc so what ha- what would happen though the kind of next phase which was really interesting is that uh, so often we have the executives who bring in this if the company is kind of widespread you bring them into the home office you bring in the person and they're going to be employee of the month. So they're going to have a day at the, at the headquarters, if you will. Mm-hmm. So many times I would, what would happen is we would go to lunch. The executives would all take the employee to lunch. And of course, <laughs> you know, what's going on? 
And out of that would come, well, you guys may not know that my daughter, Sarah, just got, just got, uh, got uh, invited to Stanford on a, on a full-ride crew scholarship. And they're all going like this, the executives. They're hiding their face. They're embarrassed. They didn't know that. And so then their lesson is, oh, my goodness, we've got to get a little bit more close to our employees. Mm. Imagine not. No, just by luck, they found that out, right? So uh, what happens is the whole culture gets better and better, uh, more, uh, more connected with each other, performance rises. Uh, now, some people don't believe this, but we you know we just came through a, a, a government-induced pandemic. <laughs> right. We just came through a pandemic, and in many businesses had a rough time. Yeah. All of my companies, all my clients had their best year ever, first year of the pandemic. Interesting. Wow. All. Now, I'm, I'm talking about software uh, developers, printing companies, distributors, construction companies, manufacturers. Interesting. All had the best. Now, and people said, well, how can that possibly be? Well, if you think about the entire world, there are some people that did pretty damn well. For example, imagine converting your company to start and make face masks. That would be a good idea. Yeah. For example, I'm just giving you some examples. So all you have to do is figure out the game you're playing or the game that's been played on you, etc. So all my clients got things like long-term rent holidays, got uh, terms extended from 30 days to 180 days, got all kinds of things happened. Hmm. And, and uh, versus sitting around moaning and groaning that there's a pandemic. Hmm. Yeah. So it's the same thing about, do you want to emulate the normal behavior or go extraordinary? Sure. So a lot of my clients, little pipsqueaks, they were stunned when they could call up Hewlett Packard and negotiate a, a sweetheart deal. Hewlett Packard, from their standpoint, they're they're thinking they're thanking their lucky stars they have still have a customer. Mm. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. So that makes sense. I, was, I know I'm I, I'm giving you long answers to your questions. I hope it's hope it's fruitful. Oh, good. If you don't want to want to shift gears, I have a question. I was curious about something. So. In our in our show notes, we have that you're a lifetime member of Knights of the Vine, and also the Pacific Northwest Barbecue Association. I yeah, I, I gave you that. Right people, I, I, people, I just, I had people to, wonder they can't they can't get their I, head I, I around. I had to that. ask. I mean, we got some really juicy stuff around what you do, but what in the God's green earth is Knights of the Vine and the Barbecue Association? I so, want to join so, any place. So what do you guys I, do? You I, sit so, around so, and so, eat so, barbecue. So, yeah, so this is, this is sweats, just between I'm us, in. just between us guys here. I'm just gonna, okay. <laughs> Wait, is there a hat, secret handshake? There's gonna be. He's, You're he's gonna, gonna be. Go. There you go. You ready? You ready? Oh, yeah. No, yeah. no, this is in my office, right? Oh, what? Ooh. Uh, okay, so it's a, he's, he's holding up a bottle of oh, wine. It looks that? like it's Barbecue a red wine sauce, or is that wine? What? Red, what is uh, red? Oh, there you go. Good point. Okay, so can you see that? No, here? it's blurred out. No, it's, okay, it's blurred. 1976. Okay. okay. So the so the, the point is, how many people have a bottle within a, within a foot of 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 uh, what's that seventy six? That's that's a few years ago, right? That's like bit. forty years, roughly. Yeah. 
It is. Yeah. So uh, so Knights of the Vine is an international association of 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 uh, of people that are anal about all things wine. Wine. All okay. right. Now the all flip right. side of that is barbecue, not to be confused with grilling. Barbecue yeah. is yeah. cooking is cooking big pieces of meat a long time. Yes. And so a lot of people can't envision fine wine together with beef brisket. Right. I right. can. I think they're paired quite nicely. Oh, there is I, mean, I, I mean, geez, after yeah, after a few glasses of wine, who cares what you're eating? It's 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 by design. Oh no, Brandon, he's talking about enjoying the wine, not drinking the wine oh. to alter your behavior. Oh, so you can go I, get your see. Brandon is really, he's an aficionado of boxed wine. Bill. Boxed, give me Boda. <laughs> right? Have you heard he of Boda? Yeah, he likes seventy six. Yeah, I have, have. two thousand. 19, he likes 18. he likes the Costco. He likes the Trader Joe's one buck Chuck. That's oh. you know, that's that's his that's his God. deal. So so, wow. yeah. So you're a connoisseur of fine wines. And so uh, do you compete in barbecue competitions or do you just go enjoy the, the fruits of other people's labor? I, I We used to compete. Yes, absolutely. I don't oh. anymore. At first, I'm down in Phoenix now. And okay. so I'm not up in the Pacific Northwest. I'm still a member of the association. Yeah. So now it's really for my own friends and family. But yeah, my brother and I used to compete successfully in barbecue, uh, barbecue cook-off contest. Yeah. Did you, did you have the the pit that you, uh, that you, so, the, the smoker so that is, you hauled behind the truck? Well, okay. So my brother had a, uh, I'm going to say from the trailer hitch to the back that his pit was 12 feet long. Yeah. It had, it had dual wheels on it. Oh, oh it wow. was so fantastic. It was so fantastic. One of my, one of my clients is a resort hotel up in Washington state, a big resort hotel with 500 rooms. And so my brother, I convinced my brother to sell them the barbecue and it was huge for them, let alone for, for just, you know, for just us in our backyard, but that's the level of insanity that we put into barbecue. Oh no. I love, I love watching these shows on, yeah. on, on TV, these, these yeah. competitions, like what, what was your, and brother, what was your specialty? Your, you and your brother. So, so Pacific Northwest Seattle, uh, we, we, we did a fantastic salmon. So oh, that was not wow. always, always there. It was always instead like ribs and chicken would yeah. be the typical, typical barbecue ribs and chicken. They wanted something that you could basically do quickly. And uh, then it's got to go to the judges and they're going to taste it and look at the physical appearance. So occasionally there would be a barbecue, but we also were successful with the ribs and with uh, well, not so much chicken, but ribs. So dr dry rub or wet or or wet. Everything wet. we can think of to okay. win particular contest. Okay, so, but both. <laughs> yeah, you are. You know, you're a barbecue guy. Good job. Uh, Brandon and I like alcohol and we like meat. <laughs> you can tell what got us really excited. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> yeah. So you guys probably like Pappy Van Winkle then too. Oh, oh that's the good stuff right there. There you go. See now, see now we're cooking with gas. No, no. or charcoal. Yeah, we are cooking with gas. Long day. Yeah. Wow. Now that that see, we, well, so there's we, a, but there's a up there in Colorado. There's a great uh, 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 whiskey too. High, high wind. Oh, um, there's campfire. High, uh, high west. High West, I think you're talking about. Close, you know, so they have a $150 bottle of, uh, they inter a re release every year. So, Ooh. Yeah, yeah, I think it's High West. Yeah, yeah, okay. Similar. All right. 
All yes. of the reason we're talking about all these, these are all businesses. Yeah. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> well, Bill, but, where can people oh go ahead, yeah. Bob. Go, no, go ahead, Brandon. That was, was that's where say, I was so, going. So where can people learn more about you and what you do and how you can help them? So there's there's two two places to go. So my overall model is called scaleology, i.e. in scaling your business, scaleology.guru, scaleology.guru. I also mentioned the focus on the vital few. So I've got a I've got a workshop that can get for free a workshop that that teaches how to get a full day's results done in one hour. Mm. Full day's results in one hour, and I use that same technique for 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 an entire company. But this workshop's for one person, and they can get their hands on that at getbillsgift.com. Love it. Love that. Getbillsgift.com. That's always a good lesson. If you're if you're doing uh, podcasting, doing interviews, you want to have a really easy to remember URL. That's a that's a great one. Getbillsgift.com. Now that yeah, that that's URLs a, are that's and that is some great insight. People are uh, are will I believe still be surprised that you can get things like chat with chatwithdiane.com, <laughs> things like that. So yeah. it's worth uh, the, to our listeners. If they've got something that they want people to get to easily, just make something up, go check, pick a check. And I'd say there are many available that'll really surprise people. Yeah. Yeah. You definitely want to have something that's easy to people are listening. They're not, you know, um, that's just, that's just a little they're free in their tip. Car, they're riding a bike they're on the exercise machine. That's a free tip. Well, Bill, we want to give you, we got one more question for you. And this, this one sure. is, this is your, this is kind of your chance here. It's called the 60 second rant. Like you tell us like what's on your mind. What do you want to rant about? We've had people rant about the DMV. We've had people <laughs> rant about uh, auto flush toilets, you know, like, so this is going to give us some insight into who you are, Bill. If you want to rant about people with hair, go ahead and do that too. But the, <laughs> the floor is yours for the next minute. Yeah. So, so I, I, uh, here's what I rant about. Some of our listeners know what pickleball is. And I, I get up every morning uh, at, uh, I, I just wake up anyway. I'm, I'm awake 4.45. So I'm on the pickleball court at 6 a.m. We got lighted courts. And what I'm going to rant about now is here we are in Phoenix, Arizona, and it's going to be, my goodness, 43 degrees on Friday. And, <laughs> and a third of the people that I play pickleball with aren't going to be able to show up. Because it's too cold. It's too cold. These Arizona people. Oh, poor you, Arizona. Wait yeah, a minute. That's something. So that's my but, rant. But it's going to be 80 by uh, noon, right? Yeah. Uh, but it'll be it'll probably be 65 by noon, yeah. Okay. Oh, those, those poor people in Phoenix. Oh, we yeah, just want to reach out. It's terrible. I think, um, I think we need to start a, a GoFundMe campaign to buy coats for people in Phoenix. Gosh. Have <laughs> you heard of layering? Have you heard of coats a indoor oh. Stocking caps. Yeah, put a cap or on, put a coat kids. on, but yeah, wow. yeah, pickleball is just it's uh it's taken over the nation, and they're putting yeah. pickleball court, uh, they're putting pickleball courts in at local municipalities, and yeah, yeah it's kind of taken over by storm. Uh, Brandon and I, one of our business partners, Scott, plays pickleball every week too, so he's he's get he's trying it's, to get us to nice. play. It's 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 a quick learn, all ages, all skill levels can have fun, and so. That's a rare, that's a rare sport that can that can say mm. all of those in one sentence or one paragraph. 
Well, that's fantastic. Bill, thank you for spending this time with us. Um, We were able just to get a slice of all that wisdom that you've developed over the years. um, And I'm sure people could uh, glean a lot more if they head over to your site. So thank you for spending time with us, Bill, and, and sharing your stories with us. We really enjoyed it. I enjoyed it very much, Jens. Thanks for having me on the show. Thank you for listening to The Innovative Founder with Bob Regnerus and Brandon Boyd, a show featuring the real stories of entrepreneurs making their beautiful dent in the world. If you like the show, let us know by leaving a rating. If you're an innovative business founder yourself with a story to tell, then you might just be our next guest. Reach out to us on InnovativeFounder.com and tell us your story. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time on The Innovative Founder.